Good morning, UECP family, brothers and sisters in Christ. May the peace of God be with you. A happy and a blessed new year to all of you. I believe many of you have heard this interesting statement. He said, can we install 2020 and install it again? Because this version has a virus. Interesting, isn't it? No one can ever imagine that the virus will spread to the world and affect so many people. Yes, 2020 is full of anxiety, fear, and uncertainty. COVID-19 has disrupted people's lives. So people want to forget the year 2020 and delete it. But there's an, there is a message which says, by deleting this year, we'll also delete its data. Yes, in spite of the pandemic, in, in spite of the difficulties, God's goodness and blessing is still evident. And we don't want to erase all these things. Let us not forget that God is still in control. And when we look back on the past year, we have had laughter and we may have losses and gain. We may have setbacks also. We experience up, we experience downside. But when we count God's blessings, we'll find that the Lord is gracious because His grace is abundant and sufficient for us. As we look forward to the new year, there's still many unknowns that we don't know. When will we resume physical worship service? When can I see my brothers and sisters face to face? When will the vaccine be available? And will it really work? And many more other questions that are in our mind. But let us hold on to the promise of God. He will lead us on the way that we should go. For the next two months, we will be studying the book of Joshua for our pulpit ministry. Yes, the book of Joshua talk about, talks about God's faithfulness, having made a promise to His people that He will lead them, He will give them the promised land. He will lead them into it according to His promise. The book of Joshua is the first historical books after the Pentateuch. It is the record of God's plan of redemption for the Israelites. And the first part or the first step of God's redemption is to lead the people out of bondage, out of the land of Egypt. And then the second is to lead them into the promised land so that they can enjoy the inheritance that, gave, that God promised them. Joshua, the word Joshua in Hebrew means the Lord is my salvation, which is synonymous to the Greek word Jesus, Jesus. So we can see that Joshua typifies Christ who leads his people into an abundant life. This is the path that he has promised, that he has prepared for you and for me.
This morning, we are going to look at Joshua chapter 3 and see what kind of path God has prepared for us and how will He lead us forward. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. We'll look at verse 1 to 4 and then 14 to 17. Joshua chapter 3, 1 to 4. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to, to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet, there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Let us uh, jump to verse 14 to 17. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with a priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Seretan, And those flowing down toward the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. This is a very beautiful story of how God led his people. Even though there's obstacle, but he opens up the way. First, we're going to look at the path that God has prepared for us. The path that God has prepared. Well, this path is not a path of roses because there are challenges along the way. There are many dangers lurking about. In chapter, in verse 4, it says, Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go for you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this way before. Yes, the path that is mentioned here is the way into the promised land, into Canaan, which the Israel have never traveled to. What is ahead of them? The people don't know. No one can foresee what kind of people events or things they will encounter. For the people not knowing what they have to face is not easy. No wonder 
that the generation of 40 years ago would rather go back to Egypt than face the unknown future. And as we look further at the book of Joshua, we will see that the Israelites, as they enter into the land of Canaan, they encounter formidable fortresses, powerful enemies, wars, and temptations that led Achan to sin and endanger the people of Israel. Also, they encounter deception by the Gibeonites and other obstacles and danger. Yes, these are all the challenges along the way. But, praise God, because there are blessings along the way. Although the people have never passed this way, they need not afraid of the danger because this is the path that God who loves them, who saved them, have prepared for them. This, this land led to the promised land, which is many times better than the land they left in Egypt. In the Bible, this is called the land flowing with milk and honey. It means that it is bountiful and it is blessed by the Lord. So there are blessings along the way and also at the end of the way. This can be said to be the path to an abundant life. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is leading us into this kind of life. This is our spiritual journey. Yes, there will be challenges, yet it will bring blessings from God. In the New Testament, it uses these different words to describe this path. They uses it is a race. It is a, a fight to describe the God-given journey. And we need to what? To strive and to run with endurance. It implies challenges that we have to face. And as we face our, our own journey, what are the challenges that you are facing right now? Temptations that leads to sin. Maybe you are still in prison by sinful habits and you don't have the power to get out of it. Come to Jesus. He will give you the strength to overcome this sinful habit. Ask God to cleanse you, to forgive your sin and live a holy life. Maybe you're facing difficult circumstances in your business, in your career, in your works, financial challenges, how to make ends meet, maybe sickness, issues in the family, or you said, ah, I have responsibilities that are too heavy for me to bear. Do you think the cross that you are bearing, that you are carrying, is very heavy? Maybe you called on God and said, Lord, help me. I cannot bear it anymore. Can you give me another one? Change oh, or exchange 
I want to exchange my cross to another one. Well, there's a story about some, a, a Christian. Uh, he's carrying a cross, and he thought that it is too heavy, and he cannot carry it anymore. So he come to God and said, God, can you take my cross out? And can you change it, replace it, and replace it with another one? And the Lord relented. So the Lord asked him to go into a room wherein there are lots of different crosses, big and small, that lays around. So, and then uh, this Christian, uh, he laid down his own cross and went over to look at different crosses. He saw a golden cross. He said, this is beautiful. It is gold. So he tried to lift it up, and it's heavy. He said, no, I cannot lift it, lift it up. And then he saw another one with a jewels. And he went there, and still, it says it's heavy. And he was able uh, to try many different sizes of crosses. But to him, it's too heavy. And at last, he found one at the corner. And when he lifted it up, he said, oh, this is right for me because I can carry it. And the Lord said to him, good. Would you like to look at it more closely? And when he looked at it more closely, he found out that it is the cross that he thought is too heavy that he laid it aside. It means that God has given you, given me the crosses for us to carry that fits us. For the new year, what are your goals for yourself? Is it in God's overall plan? Remember, God loves you. God loves me. And he has prepared this path for you and for me. We need to have confidence and move forward firmly because the presence of God has promised. Because of the presence of God that he has promised us. In verse 3, it says, And commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by a Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. There, God prepared the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, to go before the Israelites and lead them forward. This is how God fulfilled His promise to be with his people, Israelites, and go with them into the promised land. So the Ark of the Covenant represents two, at least two aspects. First is that God personally came down and be with the people. The Ark of the Covenant symbolizes God's presence with the Israelites. In Exodus chapter 25, Verse 22, it says, There, uh, that is, in the Holy of Holies, I will meet with you. And from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. Yes, God was with the Israel in the ark of the covenant through his 
glory. In the New Testament, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is the concrete manifestations of God's presence with all that believe in Him. He is the Emmanuel. Just one week ago, we celebrated Christmas, where in Jesus Christ, He became flesh and dwell among us. He is God with us. And after Jesus was resurrected from the dead and ascended to heaven, He sent His Holy Spirit to indwell in the lives of believers and be with us forever. So God said, even though the way have its challenges, I will be with you in the form of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, God gave His Word to us, to His people. Well, God ordered Moses to put, to put the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments inside the Ark of the Covenant. Now, these rules allow the Israel to allow the Israelites to know how to live their lives as they enter the land of Canaan. They were given this commandment because the Israelites had to live a different lifestyle from their previous one. And in the years that follow, God gradually reveals His will to His servants as they put it in writing and record it. And this is our Bible. It is a highest standard for our faith and our practice. Yes, the word of the Lord is with us because the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light, and a light unto our path. Since we have the word of God with us, we must study the Bible diligently and know God's will to know His leading. Our church, we have this blessed in the word or the Bible reading movement. Hopefully we can read, read through the whole New Testament and Old Testament in two years. If you're following the reading plan, we have just finished our Old Testament last year, and we will continue this year reading from the New Testament. And I hope more people will participate. Yes, we need to read our Bible, but there, I, I want to share with you the three kinds of Bible reading. One is Bible reading, speed reading. The other one is uh, daily devotion and Bible study. What is Bible reading? Oh, this is just like uh, reading the Bible, just like going to a buffet and enjoy all the food that you can eat. I don't know about you. Many people miss uh, going to the buffet restaurant to eat. Yes, we want to eat and we want to enjoy food. But, you know, going to an all-you-can-eat you buffet is like reading the Bible. Once you go inside the restaurant, I think the first thing you should do is go around the place and look at the different counters, different food. Maybe this is the Japanese section, this is the Korean section. You want to look at it to get 
a big picture of what the foods are. And then you will choose. Example, you said, oh, I want to go to the Korean uh, section and I want to eat this food. And then when you go there, you will look closely at different foods. Maybe you will count how many calories. Uh, is, is it carbohydrates? Is it good for my health? And then you can discuss with your family members or with your, with your friends on what to eat. And sometimes you will look at the internet and, and see what are the nutritional contents of certain foods. And after going through it, you will get your plate and put the food that you want to enjoy. And go to your desk or your table, sit down and eat your food. Now, we don't just swallow the food. We want to put it in our mouth a little a piece by piece. And then we chew it. And when we enjoy it, we savor the delicious, the juicy, uh, and the nutritious. And as we chew, as we eat, as we enjoy, it becomes a nourishment for our body. Now, this is just like studying or reading the Bible. Now, reading the Bible, we want to get the whole picture. So uh, our Bible reading, uh, maybe two chapters every day. You can use around, spend around four to five minutes per chapter. So the two chapters will take you around eight to ten minutes. Just read it. But you say, Pastor, there are a lot of things that I don't understand. No problem. Because what we are doing is we want to get the whole picture. And then the, the other one is the Bible study, wherein we group together, we discuss it, we dissect it. What does it mean? And then, uh, and then we, we, we look at the commentaries at the Bible dictionary to find the meaning of it. And then the third one is the daily devotion, where in every day we come to God by ourselves. And then what? We read the Bible, we meditate, and enjoy the presence of God. I will, I will talk more about the daily devotion later. Yes, God is with us through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. And these are the best proof that God is with us and walks with us in our journey. What should be our response? Uh, I'd like to suggest two responses that we can have. The first is keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. In verse 3, it says, and command the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord. The people have to pay close attention to the ark. They have to watch. They have to focus it. For when the ark moves, people should also move. As we focus our eyes and look to God, we can face the challenges ahead without fear, without being panicked. Many times, we tend to look at our harsh situations. And instead of God, what we see are our problems, are the difficulties, and we fail to see 
that God is with us. He is leading us in front of us. And what will be the result? As we look at our circumstances, do you remember Peter when he walked on the sea? The Bible said when he stopped looking at Jesus and saw the wind around him, what happened? He started to sink. Yes, it is not easy to see our Lord amidst all the challenges that we are encountering. We need the eyes of faith to see the reality of God in our midst, to see the hand of God. We need to cultivate this kind of relationship with the Lord in order to know Him better, to understand His will, and to be sensitive to His guidance. And how can we do that? Through our daily walk with Him, through our daily devotion. This is our spiritual formation, which is very, very important. And I hope this year we can focus on our own daily devotion, our own quiet time with the Lord. Now, daily devotion is different from Bible reading. Bible reading, we read it through, uh, just, just go through to get a big, big picture. But daily devotion is what? It's about depth and quality and not on the length of the scripture read. It is on depth and quality rather than on the length of the scripture that is read. So what can we do? We can only read a small portion, a small section of the Bible systematically on a daily basis. Well, our Bible, we have uh, different paragraphs. Maybe we can choose one paragraph, uh, maybe 8 to 12 verses, and then go through systematically every day. As we read, we read it once, we read it twice, we read it thrice, we read it four times in order to understand. And we spend time meditating upon it. Now, I know many people, many Christians said, Pastor, how do I meditate? I don't know how to meditate. This is our problem. Well, when I'm, I'm, while growing up in a church, I don't know how to meditate. But in reality, we all know how to meditate. I'll give you an example. When you are hurt or offended by people, by what they say and by what they did to you, what would we do? We will keep on thinking about it, right? We will keep on thinking what the person said and what he did to us. And then we try to analyze, why did he say that? What does he mean? We ponder it. We bring it to mind. We rehearse it even in our sleep. And the result is that what? The more we think about it, the more we get angry. And then there's bitterness in our heart. Actually, in a sense, this is meditation. This is meditation to think it continually. Yet, scriptural meditation is thinking and pondering, not the word of any person, of the person who did something or says something bad about you. If we are thinking and pondering on the word of God repeatedly. You know, the essence of devotional life is to be close to God and have this kind of fellowship with Him. 
It will help us to develop a deeper understanding of God and build a close relation with, relationship with Him. It is communion and sharing of our love with God that we are able to enjoy God. As we meditate, it is an experience of encountering and engaging God through the Bible, resulting in the transformation of our inner being by the power of the Holy Spirit that we will be like Christ more. And then we can live out our authentic Christian faith in our, in our home, in our church, and in the world. Let me share, share to you the purpose of daily devotion. What is the purpose? I'd like to suggest three. First is information. We need biblical knowledge of who God is. What are His commands? What, is, what are His will? How, how do He do things? The way He do things. These are all biblical knowledge. What are in the Bible? What the Bible says? But many Christians will stop in this portion. Well, this is not enough. Information is important, but by itself, it is not enough. So the second, the second purpose is that for transformation, for the nourishment of our spiritual life. We want to let God use His Word to cleanse us, to transform us from the inside out that we can be Christ-like. Now, this is not only the purpose of daily devotion. There's another more, which to me is the most important one. Because information, transformation, all about us. Okay, It's all about me. But our daily devotion should be about God. So the third one, the purpose, is to communion with God, to have fellowship with Him. We share our love and enjoy God's love and God's presence. Just to be there with God, that is the purpose of our devotion. Well, I have a, I have a friend, a, a member of our church. He said when his father visited them, at that time his daughter uh, is only around four years old, and in the in the in the in daytime, uh, the son and his wife will go to work, so that the granddad will babysit the granddaughter. And in one time, when a grand when a granddad sit there. And, and took out the newspaper to read. And then this granddaughter, four years old, she uh, just get a chair uh, and then move it beside grandpa. And then he told the grandpa. He said, Grandpa, I'm not bothering you. I will just sit by your side and keep you company. I will sit by your side and keep you company. You know, the grandpa, he is really elated. He is very happy. And he told me this story. He said, look, my granddaughter, four years old, he wants to sit beside me and be with me. I think our God would desire us to sit and just to be with him. So may God help us that we can develop or cultivate 
a habit of coming to God in daily devotions. What can we do? I'd like to introduce to you the UECP method of daily devotion. Actually, it is not new. It is something that we have already published uh, in our uh, Ignite uh, booklet during our fasting and prayer. We use UECP. U is for understand the word, what it says. We read it and read it and understand what it says. And then E, we explore what it means to you personally, what it means to me. We listen to, to God, what He wants to tell us. And then C, we commit to apply what we have learned. And we pray in submission to God. Yes, we keep our eyes on God by spending time with God. And secondly, we not only give, keep our eyes on God, we want to follow God. Now, God wants to lead His people into the land of abundance, but they face an obstacle in the, in the Jordan River. But normally, they don't have, it doesn't pre present much of a problem crossing over the Jordan River because it is only about 100 feet wide at the place that they are crossing in front of uh, Jericho. Now, 100 feet is a little bit more than the length of a basketball court. The basketball court is around 91 point, point something feet, 100 feet. However, it seems that God always does things in such a way that no man can boast of having done them by their own. The crossing would be no exception. You see, the Bible said that God brought them to the Jordan River when? At the time of harvest. In chapter 3, verse 15, it said that the Jordan River overflows all its bank throughout the time of harvest. And those that have been there during the time of harvest told us that the Jordan River will swell to over 5,000 feet, over a mile wide, which is impossible. Impossible. It is over 50 times wider than it normally would. Well, there was no way they could cross the river on their own. They need supernatural help. So the priests who carried the, the ark had to, had to step in the Jordan River. And then the water coming down from above will stood up and rose up in a heap. And then the people can go through dry land. We have to move our feet before God do the miracles. Likewise, God wants us to follow the Lord with all our heart and obey His will with faith. Even though we, we cannot see, we don't know what's, up, what's, what's ahead of us. But as we follow boldly, God will accomplish His work for us. Facing the new year, let us keep our eyes on him and stay in the path that he lays out before you. And what does God want us as a church to do for him in 2021? Let me remind once again our vision. God wants us, God has entrusted to us this vision to transform generations for God's glory. And the mission is to raise up, to raise up Christ-like disciples are committed to making Christ-like disciples. Everyone, we should be 
Christ's disciples, and then we should commit to make Christ-like disciples. So as we summarize it, uh, it says what? We have to love God, make disciples. Love God and make disciples. So uh, not only with God, our relationship with God, our relationship with brothers and sisters, we want to help each other that we can grow and become the disciple of Christ. And also toward the unbelievers, we want to share the gospel so that they can become the disciple of Christ also. And what are our goals for 2021? Let me share. One, we want to become a caring community. I praise God because during this 2020 pandemic time, we can see many of our members, you, sacrificially give in order to help others. Those that are in need because of calamity, those that are in need because of work suspension, and because of your care and of your love, they were able to survive or to move on. May God help each and every one of us that we can become a caring community. We can care for each other, pray for them, and be a big brother and sister to each and every one. Secondly, we want to have holistic developments of pastors and leaders. In fact, last year, we have, uh, we have classes. We called it the Level 3 classes for uh, the Board of Elders and Deacons. And 38 of them attended. We have uh, 10 sessions, okay, 10 sessions of Zoom. And we, uh, in our midst, some of our pastors have also taken online classes with different seminaries during this time because they want to be trained or to equip more. Thirdly, we want to have holistic discipling of members. Our goal is that 80% of members regularly do their daily devotion using the UECP methods. And I hope each and every one of us, we will try to be part of this. And then at least 60% of congregation are involved in a life group or fellowship. Right now, we have 110 groups, around 100 group leaders. So there are a total of around 575 to 600 people in the group. So we, uh, we have reached our goal of 60%. But we want to do more next year because there are still people who are not part of the group, of a group, of a life group, of a fellowship. Are you one of them? Encourage you to be part of one. And then thirdly, 100% of group leaders being equipped to disciples and equip others. We have the Pathway to Discipleship Program, which will be launched uh, this year, uh, this year for the group leaders. And then we hope, uh, we pray that 25% of our congregation to have gone through the Level Up courses. Okay. Uh, last year, we have a Zoom Level Up, one, two, and three. Level one, level two, and level three. 130 person attended. Around 13 percent. Okay, around 13 percent. So only half of of our goal was attained. 
But for this year, February to April, we will have uh, level one and two classes. And I hope you will enroll, you will sign up and attend. And lastly, we want to systematically preach through the Bible in 10 years. Uh, so last year, we have gone through uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, and then uh, and other more. This year, we have also lined line up. May you continue to pray for all of the pastors, for our, our worship service, that through the Word of God, we can understand what God wants and apply the Word of God in our life. Well, at least in the first quarter of this year, it's still not possible for us to meet face-to-face. And so we will continue with our, our online groups, our fellowships, our prayer, prayer meetings, our worship services. Do continue to pray for all, all these ministries and pray for our country, pray for the pandemic. Let us work together to attain the vision and mission that God has entrusted to our church and move forward in the way that we should go. And the Lord Jesus promised, I will always be with you until the end of the world. Shall we bow down our head for a word of prayer? Father Lord, we want to thank you in spite of the difficulties, the pandemic that we, we experienced last year. Yet, your guiding hands, your grace is sufficient and abundant for each and every one of us. Lord, as we count the many blessings that you have given us, help us to look forward and move to the path that you have prepared for us. Lord, as a church, we want to be used of you. We want to make disciples of all nations. Help us to have, to develop, to cultivate our devotional life that we might look to you in in whatever circumstances we are in, knowing that you will not leave us, you will not forsake us. Lord, we want to experience you more and more for this year and help us to reach out to our family members, our friends, relatives, our neighbors who have not known you yet. Use us to be channel of your blessing. Thank you, Father, because of your great love and promise that you will not leave us, you will not forsake us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.